on today's episode of the Gripe Session, we're talking about investing in real estate. Now, when you talk about investing in real estate, you're talking about a couple different things, flipping houses and rental property. Which one works for you? It's Gripe Session time with your host, George Wanica. It's about nothing. Discussing everything from real estate, current events, a little bit of everything, and the annoying little things that just tick you off. You can't handle the truth. What? 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 You didn't know. Here's your host, George Wanaka. better call somebody. What's up, everybody? How are we doing today? Welcome to today's edition of The Gripe Session. Um, today we're going to have a little bit of a conversation about investment property. Yes, investment property. A lot of people think when they hear investment property in real estate, everyone automatically reverts back to HGTV and flip this house or list it or love it or any of the 15 million uh, reality television shows that are out there nowadays, or even million dollar listing. So investment property in real estate or investing in real estate is not just about flipping houses. There are other facets of investing in real estate that can be very, very beneficial to regular people like you and I, you don't have to be a savvy, um, uh, investor or have to go to school to learn how to do it. Uh, there are a lot of different ways that you can Become an investor in real estate, if you de- depending on what you're looking to do. Now, one of the first ways we're going to talk about it today is the one that everybody knows about and the one that everybody always sees on television, on reality TV, is flipping houses. Now, one thing you need to understand, first and foremost, with investments, it's just like any other thing. Investing in real estate is just like investing in the stock market, with one major difference. The longer sometimes that you hold on to real estate, if the value goes down, if you hold on to it long enough, most of the time, and I do say most of the time, that value will come back and come back to a uh, either the level that you purchased it at or possibly even higher depending on what you did to the property. So that's the first important thing when you talk about investing is you got to understand, again, there is always a risk associated with investing in any piece of real estate. Now, when you're investing in a property to rent, excuse me, and a property to flip, mind you, one of the things you got to take into consideration is you have to know your numbers. Now, people talk to me all the time and they say, what do you, what do you mean know my numbers? Well, you have to know what it costs to put a kitchen in. You have to know what it costs to put heating systems in. You have to know all of those numbers. Now, a lot of the successful investors know what I affectionately refer to as the real number, not the contractor number, because the real number and the contractor number are two totally and completely separate things. Okay. If you just are going in to do it and you're a regular homeowner, a contract is going to charge you X amount of dollars. If you're in the business and contractors know they're going to get more and more work out of you, you're able to get a better number in some cases from those individual contractors, or if you know of people that do work on the side that are able to help you to make that, make that a reality. When it comes to things like plumbing 
and electrical and latent defects into properties such as kitchens and bathrooms and things of that nature, I always tell people you always want to go with somebody that's licensed, not just, you know, cousin Joey who does this on the side and I know what I'm doing. His contract is charging arm and a leg and, hey, hey, you know, not, what, not, not guys like that. And that's fine that there are people out there and they do that and maybe you get away with it. But the flip side of that is if they do it wrong and you get a buyer for that property, you have to be concerned about what's going to happen during an inspection. Is an inspector going to come in and say, that's not done correctly. This has to be rectified. This has to be changed. Now you're dumping more money back into that property. So I, my recommendation when people are looking to flip properties is with certain things, you always want to go with licensed contractor or licensed um, vendors, if you will. You know, licensed plumbers, licensed electricians, those types of things. Uh, now, the other half of this, which is a very, very big thing when it comes to flipping houses, and that is, what are your, what is the, what you're looking to, to get from this property when you're looking to, to, to flip it? Obviously, look, everybody wants to make money when it comes to flipping houses, buying and selling houses. People want to make money. That's why they're doing it, right? But you got to understand how much money you want to make in order to do this, in order to put out your risk, in order to to the money you're going to be laying out, the money that's going to be tied up into this house for a certain amount of time. All of these things you're going to want to learn and look to do. So as an example, if you're putting in X amount of dollars or or let's say it's, you know, you're tying up, let's say it's $100,000 and you're tying $100,000 up for seven, eight months you're going to want to see a return on that $100,000. And you very rightly should. Now, what is your return on that $100,000? Well, after you put your expenses in, maybe you want to see a a 15% return or a 20% return. Or you have to know what number you're comfortable with getting a return on that value for that amount of time period. So, And every investor is different. I had a conversation coincidentally with somebody today on the day I'm recording this, which is quite frankly why I'm doing this topic today, who told me that he wanted to double his money up. That's a direct quote. Wanted to double up. And my response to him was, okay, well, do you have friends of yours that know how to do this other stuff? And his, his answer to me was, no, I do not. I'm going to be hiring people outside of that, and but I'm looking to double up. And I said, well, if you're looking to double up, you might want to look not in this market. And what do you mean? There's got to be stuff out there. I said, the problem is, is not. And if you're looking to double up, I guarantee you there's going to be people that are going to bid it higher that are not looking to double up on their investment and they're going to get the property before you'll get the property. So you have to be comfortable knowing what your numbers are. That's the first thing. And and I always tell people, make sure you're doing your research first. Uh, before you look to buy something, know what a kitchen's going to cost you, know what a bathroom's going to cost you, and and you got to break down the real numbers. As, or as I like to say, and, and something my dad used to talk about all the time, use the sharp pencil when you're coming out with those numbers. So uh, that's the first thing. When it comes to flipping properties, know what you have to know what your rate of return is for the investment that you're putting into it. Not just the investment that you're putting into it, but you got to also understand there's another. Another facet of owning real estate that people don't understand and don't put into into conversation, and it's an expense, just like kitchens and bathrooms are. 
and it's called the aggravation expense, which is the aggravation of having to go to a property and open it up and check on that property every so often and make sure it's not vandalized and make sure that it's not this and make sure that it's not that. There's a real number that's associated with that, and you just have to know what is that number for you. And and by the way, every number for every investor is different, okay? The, the next part I'm going to talk about is exactly what, I, what I'm referring to, and that every investor is different. Another way of investing in real estate is, is a way that, quite frankly, I do a lot of, my family does a lot of, which is owning real estate and owning property. Now, and we rent and we hold them on as rentals. Now, I talk to a lot of people every week. We do a lot of foreclosure work, as you heard me say on previous episodes of the podcast. And there are people that will come in and will also look to, to buy rentals and go from there. But now here's the kicker. When I look to rent something, I look for one main thing. That the building carries itself. And I'm not your typical investor. And what I mean by that is the building's got to be able to support the mortgage. And that's, that's my main first main concern. Because I have other property and I have to balance out based on the way that the tax laws are. That if every one of those properties is showing me a profit, what's going to happen at the end of the year is Uncle Sam is going to come and take a big bite out of my Polish butt and, and take a, a portion of my investment of what I'm doing, because it's all going to be taxable. So you have to be able to sit down with your accountant to know what your real numbers are. You don't want, everybody says, well, I want to make money every every year, every month, every year. And I go, well, yeah, no, because if you're making money every year, it means that that's more money for them to take the tax you want. So you want to do it in a way that's smart. Sometimes you want to defer some of that money. You want to put it back into your properties. So essentially what some of my rental properties are in the way that I look at them is I look at them from the aspect of an annuity, which is initially when I go in, I I redo apartments at any given point. A tenant moves out, I'll go in, I'll redo an apartment. Now, why do I do that? Well, because at least I know I am keeping up on my buildings. That's the first thing. The second thing I'm also doing is when that tenant potentially moves out, all I'm going to have to potentially do is go in, paint, and clean, and, and in some cases really clean very well based on some of the tenants that we all get nowadays. Um, and that's all I'm going to have to do. So if I keep up on my buildings, what's going to happen is at some point the mortgage is going to be paid off, but the rent is still going to be coming in. So it's going to be like, a, like a, uh, an annuity that I have for myself down the road when those mortgages are no longer paid. There's other, there's other ways of also getting those mortgages paid quicker, which I'm going to go into in a couple of minutes on this, on this podcast. But I look at, at, at that real estate from an investment perspective as some of the best things that I've ever done. I purchased my first piece of real estate. It was not the house that I live in. The first piece of real estate that I ever bought, I was 19 years old. And true story, I had one year in the real estate business and I had watched my dad for a number of years buying property and and having property rent out. And I said, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. And I couldn't even sign a contract at the time 
my dad had to co-sign the contract as a guarantor as well as the mortgage as a guarantor because I was a 19-year-old kid. I had credit, and that wasn't a problem, but I didn't have any history, okay? So what happened was I bought that when I was 19. Now the building, obviously I'm older than that now, the building has been paid off, and it was one of the best things that I ever did. Now, why? Well, I made certain decisions in life back when, when I was 19. One of the first decisions I made was I was always thinking 10, 15 years ahead of time when I was purchasing whatever I was purchasing, which was to plan myself out. That's just the way that I do it. I was thinking of the time when hopefully I would I would find a, a young, young girl and, and she would like me and we would go and get married. And if she wanted to work, God bless America. And if we decided to have children um, and she wanted to stay home with the kids... I wouldn't have to worry about any bills. Now, some of you guys might be sitting there and go, damn, for a 19-year-old kid, you thought a lot about some of this stuff. And yes, I did. I I was different as a 19-year-old and 20-year-old kid. Um, However, every one of those things helped me down the road. I'm always thinking 10, 15 years from now. I'm never thinking about right now. That's just, it's something that started with me as a, as a late teenager. So as the expression goes, and, and is one of the guys that I follow on social media, as Gary Vee said, you know, hustle is one thing, but when all your friends are going to Cancun and the Dominican Republic and Mardi Gras and all of these other kinds of places, I was taking that money, putting it back into, into a building that's now down the road, allowing me to do things that I want to go and do when I want to go and do them. I'm not tied down to, oh, I have to work because I got to make this payment. I got to make this bill paid. I got to do this because my mortgage is already paid because of that building. So those are some of the things that I've gone through with with investment property. Now, when it comes to renting and, and investment, again, there's always a risk, okay? I have tenants that I rent to that not everybody would rent to. I have my own reasons behind why I rent to, um, you know, I rent to programs all the time. I think it's one of the the best things that, that somebody can do. As well as, again, I'm not a what I call a slumlord. I keep up on my buildings. When a tenant calls me and they say, I have a problem, I get on the phone, I make those phone calls and go from there. So you're always going to have those there's two things you're always going to have with, with investments. Okay. It's not always sunshine and roses, ladies and gentlemen. It'd be nice to say that it is. It's like, it's a no risk investment. Everything has a risk, whether it's stocks, whether it's any other annuity, there's always some form of a risk that are involved with it. Okay. Real estate is no different. However, I can tell you in 26 years of doing this and being in this business for 26 years, as well as investing in the same amount of time, I can tell you that I've never lost a penny in real estate. Now, I understand there are people that have. The differences between myself and some of those people are, um, when it comes to that real estate, I'm also holding on to it long term. I'm not necessarily having to leave. Um, and bad things happen to people. People lose their jobs. I get it. You know, tragedies happen in families. Uh, there are There are definitely reasons why everybody... Um, people might lose money in the real estate market. But the longer sometimes you hold that real estate, it does show that it ha- does appreciate. And I'm not just saying it because I'm in this business. I'm saying it because I've 
witnessed it over 26 years. My dad's witnessed it over the course of almost a 50-year real estate career. I know countless of other people have done it as well. Are there differences with everybody? Absolutely. It's the same thing with stocks. Some people go in they and they lose their shirt in the stock market, and some people make millions in the stock market. So it really just depends on the person and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. Everybody's investment, one of the things that I always tell people before they go and buy look to buy an investment property is have you had a conversation with through the person that does your taxes? Because that's huge. You cannot successfully plan to invest in anything if you don't know how it's going to affect you from a tax consequence standpoint. Because you could be doing anything except spinning your wheels and chasing your tail because it doesn't help you financially. It doesn't help you in the long run. And what's going to happen is you're going to get ticked off. You're going to get ticked off at real estate. You're going to get ticked off at this. You're going to get, you're going to say, real estate agents, they don't know what they're talking about. This is a, like I could take a bath in this. And you're going to get a very bad opinion about it. So the first thing I always tell people that, that you should do, you know, prior to doing the investment, and this is the first thing I want to tell everybody, make sure you're checking with your accountant to find out how it's going to, this investment, if you make the money that you want to make, how is that going to affect you? And is there ways to mitigate any tax consequences by making that investment? That is the smartest piece of advice that I could give any single investor coming in, realtor that wants to invest, or anybody in general. Make sure you're educated enough to know how these things are going to affect you as well as affect your family. And with that, I want to thank everybody for these uh, people that have been subscribing to this podcast. It really means a lot. Uh, One of my next few episodes, I'm going to have the godfather of the Snap Pack, Mr. Neil Mathwig, is coming on. And I have another Snap Pack member, Mr. Jason Frazier, waiting in the wings coming. So we got some guests coming these next couple podcasts, ladies and gentlemen, and you're definitely not going to want to miss it. And more importantly, if you know anybody in the real estate industry or you know anybody looking to buy or sell real estate, this is the podcast you want them to come and listen to. Because I do, contrary to what you might think, I do have some knowledge of what goes on in this industry and I'm, part of what I'm here for nowadays is I want to help share that knowledge with people so they can be just as successful in this business and be successful in investing in real estate as I've been you always want to pay it forward that's what I want to do that's what I'm teaching my kids to always do when you're blessed you want to pay it forward um, and keep smiling with that so I want to thank everybody again for subscribing please leave a, a rate and review request on iTunes Spotify, Stitcher, and if I don't talk to you guys soon, I hope you guys have a great day. If you want to reach out to me on the social media platforms, please do so. I love your comments. I've, I've got a bunch of private messages from from some of you guys I've never met before, and, and I just appreciate the love and support. That's all I got for you today. You guys have a great day. Do something nice for somebody you wouldn't normally do, and don't forget, keep smiling. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Gripe Session. Please follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram.